0: Hey listeners, it's Paul Andriola here. Why not join our community at Small Cap Discoveries where we offer our members direct access to some of the best microcap investment opportunities available? Our members are getting access to premium microcap financings, research reports, and direct access to management. Sign up today at www.smallcapdiscoveries.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Small Cap Discoveries conference call. Today on our call, we have back the CEO, Richard Kellum, and the CFO, James Lormer from Data Communications Management. Data Communications Management trades on the TSX Exchange under the symbol DCM and on the OTC under DCMDF. The company is currently trading at $1.31 with roughly 44 million shares outstanding or about a $57 million market cap. I'd now like to hand it over to Paul Andriola. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Um, Yeah, data communications, we spoke with you guys uh, about a year ago. Um, So clearly the last year has been another eventful one uh, for for everyone, uh, but more specifically for you guys, uh, really good, uh, at least last half I've I've noticed in terms of financials. Um, So love to get, uh, uh, you know, an update here but before we do that why don't we refresh everybody's memory and and tell us what uh data communications is all about
1: yeah so Richard here uh just so data Communications has been around for 64 years we're a company that specializes in marketing communication workflow uh and physical printing kind of the execution of that workflow as well and uh, and we've been on a journey over the last couple of years to do more of that work uh, in a digital format. So think of kind of digital workflow optimization, but we have a very healthy core business of, uh, as I said, marketing communication and physical print that is allowing us uh, to to fund that journey or acceleration into digital. And um, you know maybe one other point, you know, for, the, for for everybody listening is we've got an incredible client. List we work with seventy the to top hundred corporations in Canada. Uh, Two hundred and fifty-five enterprise clients represent sort of ninety-three percent of our revenue. There's not a single client that's more than seven percent of revenue. So highly diversified uh, account uh, account group um, through a multiple number of verticals: financial vertical, uh, manufacturing, retail, energy, not-for-profit, healthcare. So we're we're pretty strong across a number of verticals. So. Just uh, kind of who we are and, and what we do. I can get into more detail if there's any other questions.
0: We'll save the questions for a little bit later, but um, you've got a, yeah. a pitch deck or presentation deck that's up there. I'm going to let you guys uh, have at it and uh, just, just tell us what you want to say. Oh, Sounds
1: good. All right. Well, James is going to take the lead. He's driving, giving, uh, driving the deck. Mm-hmm. He's coming back from a client meeting. So go ahead,
2: James. Great. Th- thanks, Richard. And thanks, Paul and Trevor. Um, I've got a slide up here just showing a snapshot of, of who we are. As, as Richard mentioned, we work with some of the largest enterprises and government organizations across the country. We've got an extensive um, you know, background in, in serving the, the complex needs, both online and offline communication needs for our clients. Uh, trailing 12 months revenue, we're about $255 million. And we've seen some really strong growth in the past uh, six months, which we'll talk about as we, as we get through the deck here. Um, we are nationwide, so we are kind of unique in our ability to serve our clients right across the country. And uh, we have five big uh, physical plants in Calgary, uh, Drummondville, Quebec, and uh, four in, or three in the GTA here in, in the Toronto area. We also have kind of a beachhead in the US in Niles, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. And that allows us to serve the, uh, the US market. As Richard mentioned, uh, you know, some of the key verticals that we're involved in would be transportation, financial services, healthcare, retail, um, and a number of other markets. Um, you can see from our kind of logos that we serve here um, you know, it's really probably one of the most blue chip client bases uh, that, that you'll see, um, you know, as, as you're looking at, you know, kind of small cap companies. Um, you know, most of our customer relationships are very long standing. Uh, some of our relationships date back, you know, more than 50 years. And certainly within our kind of top 10 client base, we've been working with those clients for more than 10 years uh, right across the spectrum. What's our strategic direction? Um you know, really, what we do at the end of the day is uh, is simplify workflow, and we've got kind of three buckets to our business: the, our complex conventional print business, uh, which is really our our kind of legacy print business, which uh, generates very strong uh, cash flow for us. Um, as we've expanded to s- serve our customers' needs, we've really expanded across the marketing uh, spectrum to provide technology-enabled marketing workflow, and so that's helping our clients. Not only with their kind of operational print needs, but also with their marketing needs, which, which helps them grow and better serve their own clients. We've been managing digital assets for our clients for, for over 20 years. And we see the this kind of technology side as a great platform for our future growth uh, while our core business continues to fund our fund our fund our cash flow. One, one of our strategies is to really kind of continue to grow our business. Um, We've seen some strong growth this year. If you look at our business, currently about 67% of our business is in that conventional print workflow world. uh, And about 31% is what we call tech-enabled marketing workflow. And we've got a small sliver right now that's kind of tech-enabled services fees where we charge our clients to, to use our platforms. We see over the next five years the opportunity to grow by kind of five to ten percent revenue on a a, a compound annual growth basis and we see the profile of our business shifting we don't see print declining we actually think there's great opportunities for our print business to grow but we see the shift in that business happening as we um, really kind of tech enable a lot of the other marketing workflows that, that aren't currently tech enabled and so we see some great opportunities to do that, and that's going to help drive higher margins and also make us more sticky with our clients. Here are some of the five-year financial objectives that I think we talked about a few months ago when we presented to the group here. Um, we've expanded our, our uh, revenue growth objectives based on our recent experience to 5 to 10%. We were pre- previously looking at a kind of 5% growth range. Uh, we think we can grow our gross margins from the 30% range where they are today into the 35 to 40% range. That's a combination of making, um, you know, margin, um, you know, enhancement opportunities within our current product line. But also as we expand into some of our technology services, we think we can expand the gross margin on those products. Um, sg you know, we've got a, a, a platform uh, of kind of what we call zero overhead growth. And so as we grow our top line, we think we can control our, our overheads and our expenses. And if we do this right, we think we can grow our EBITDA margins from range currently of kind of 12 to 13 to 14% into the 18 to 25% range. And we've got some you know, continued plans to pay down debt. We've paid down a lot of debt over the past two years, but we think we're really positioned well for the future. How are we performing? Uh, we've got a bit of a snapshot here, but one of the themes we've been talking about for the last couple of quarters is, is momentum. And we really started to see some positive momentum in our business in the second half of 2021 as the COVID world uh, started to really kind of uh, become less, less of an impact on, on not only our business, but, but kind of globally. Um, We've got a couple of charts here that we're gonna build um, talking about our second quarter results, which we released uh, just about a month ago, our year-to-date results, and then how we're tracking on a a run rate. Revenue in the second quarter was up over 23% compared to a year ago. Year-to-date, our revenue's up almost 17% compared to a year ago. And our trailing 12 months, uh, so we're kind of looking at uh, our last uh, 12 months through June, Are up over eight percent. The good news is is this is also translating into higher gross profit margins and you can see um, our gross profits actually growing faster than our revenue so that's a good indication that we're getting some of of these uh, cost savings measures uh, are are being successful while we're also growing margin with our our product offerings. Net income some of the numbers here are are pretty big because we're coming off uh, some low numbers but Definitely, uh, we're we're very pleased that we're actually showing really good, strong net income growth. And then EBITDA as well is is really strong. And we're talking here kind of clean EBITDA. So historically, because we've had a lot of restructuring expenses in our business to to optimize and right-size the business, uh, we've talked a lot about adjusted EBITDA, kind of adding back some of the one-time charges we've taken. Um, our objective this year is to have clean EBITDA, and so far we're tracking really, really positively on that front.
1: I'll just, add, I'll just add to that, James, that, you know, we've had zero restructuring year to date. We don't anticipate any restructuring this year and into next Um we have a perfect footprint, right? We've done a lot of heavy lifting over the last, you know, kind of three or four years, right-sizing organization, getting the right supply chain uh, footprint. And now it's about, you know, driving that and accelerating growth off that footprint. So, uh, and and you're seeing that in the numbers. Okay, go ahead, James.
2: Thanks, Rich. Here's just a summary of our kind of quarterly revenue last year in in gray and uh, in blue this year. And you can see on a, on a kind of a quarter over quarter basis, uh, the improvements we, we, we do expect to see continued improvements through the balance of this year on a revenue basis. And then likewise, on a gross profit basis, you can see that our gross profit on a quarterly basis is, is certainly trending positively compared to last year. Uh, year to date, it's up almost 18% compared to last year. And we expect these kind of positive trends to continue the key to our kind of improved profitability over the past couple of years has been productivity enhancements. Um, back in 2018, we had over 1,400 employees. We've, we've right-sized that, as Richard mentioned, to about 920 today. And you can see that our revenue per employee has grown nicely to uh, about $275,000 right now. Um, you know, our kind of near-term objective is to get that up to $300,000 per employee. Um, so, so we're, you know, we're, we've really leaned in hard to our productivity improvements over the past couple of years and think we're really well positioned. Here's a chart that shows uh, EBITDA on a comparative basis compared to last year and in, in, in like revenue and gross profit, this is also trending positively. Uh, if we look at adjusted EBITDA um, and this is kind of adding back restructuring expenses, um, we're also tra- trending positively. Um, I'll note here that 2021 did include about $4.5 million in uh, wage subsidy in the first half of last year. So even if you back those out, uh, or actually if you do back those out, we're even tracking a little bit more positively. So, uh, you know, we think, uh, you know, Q3 and Q4, uh, good numbers to kind of continue to to perform at this level. One one of our key initiatives has been paying down our, our fixed term debt. Um, our term debt at the end of December was about $34 million. It's down to about $28 million. Our revolving credit facility has grown a bit since the end of the year, but this is really uh, largely attributed to, to keep two key things. One is the revenue growth that we've uh, experienced, and you know, almost 20% revenue growth um, has required a little bit of working capital. We've also uh, strategically built our inventory levels, in order to have raw materials for our anticipated growth. And there's been a you know, significant disruption in the supply chain for some of our raw materials. Think you know kind of paper shortages and, and freight uh, challenges. Uh, we've been proactive in terms of making sure that we have the right raw materials so that we can supply our clients. On, on the new business wins side, maybe Richard, you'd like to talk a little bit about our, our business wins this year?
1: Yeah, we've uh, sort of the point I said earlier. right? We've got the perfect footprint. We've got a great organization, right-sized organization, highly skilled, um, talented team. Now it's about driving growth, and uh, we've got a lot of growth momentum in the business uh, year to date. We've already um, booked about twenty-two million dollars in in new revenue that we'll see, uh, you know, through the th- through this year and into next, obviously as well. Right as we get that, you know, continued uh, revenue um and and lots more you know kind of planned in the in in the second half of the year so we've we've uh we've really leaned in hard to to build and you know a bigger and a better and a and, a, and a, a stronger growth muscle and we're starting to get you know uh the results or you're starting to deliver the results around that and uh and you can see the chart that it's across all verticals so um you know we're we're, we're kind of winning new opportunities in healthcare opportunities in finance, in the financial sector, in, in energy and manufacturing and not-for-profit. So uh, many new clients come into the business and we see uh, lots of opportunities for future growth as well.
2: And, and then outside of just our kind of our core business, but, but really important to our business is um, some of the ESG initiatives that we've been uh, implementing. And maybe Richard, you'd, you'd like to talk about a couple of those?
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, before I came in, we kind of, you know, we, we had an ESG strategy, but it wasn't kind of well formed. We, we, we put a team together. Um, I say a team, it's a syndicated team. So people within the business that, that are responsible in addition to the day job to kind of lead our ESG strategy and execution of strategy. And we're kind of proud of, some of the uh, commitments we've made and importantly, the deliver delivery we're, we're making against those commitments. Probably the, the, the one we're most proud of, we've, made the, the most kind of significant difference is um our reforestation commitment so basically for um all of our uh, paper paper use um we replant uh, uh trees uh that would be you know uh offsetting the paper that we use so it was simple math: for every 83 pounds of paper used uh, in our in our production in our workflow for clients, we put one tree back in the ground. And I think year to date, as of last month, we're kind of uh, north of uh, 300,000 trees that we've replanted. And we do that uh, on behalf of all of our clients. And the cool thing about it is. Um, many of our clients use it in their ESG metrics because we have uh, it audited right back to the amount of paper that a, each client uses. So, so therefore, how many trees that we're replanting on behalf of the client. So lots happening in ESG, uh, you know, lots of commitments around around carbon and energy, et cetera. But it's probably the one we're most proud of. We made some quick, um, a quick delivery round is that reforestation
2: commitment. And, you know we've got a couple of concluding slides here in terms of you know why invest in DCM. Um, we, we believe we've got an attractive uh, valuation at these levels. Um, as Trevor mentioned stocks trading about dollar. right now. Uh, we've got about a 65 million dollar kind of fully diluted market capitalization. Um, trailing revenues about 255 million. Uh, trailing adjusted EBITDA is about 35 and a half million. And last year, we generated a little over $26 million in in cash flow from operations. You know, uh, we don't have a lot of CapEx uh, plans over the balance of the year. We're really using our cash flow primarily to uh, pay down debt. And um, we are starting to invest in some of our technology applications and and development. So you'll see a little bit of spend on that over the next uh, year or two. Uh, but, you know, we really do believe that our kind of right-sizing of the business is here, and, and you know, we look forward to uh, uh, growing the business from from the level that, that we're at right now. Um, t- talking about paying down debt, uh, you know, we'll pay down about uh, $12.5 million this year of, of term debt, and then uh, likewise we'll do kind of a similar amount uh, next year in 2023. And our fixed term debt has a pretty good glide path here so that by 2026, um, you know, our, our principal payments on our, on our term debt will be pretty much completed. Um, you know, we, we, we think we're well positioned for uh, accelerating our, our business. Uh, we have kind of three C's that we talk about. The, we have, you know, very strong client base um, and strong commercial sales team, over 60 commercial reps across the country and, and in the U.S., Um, We have some pretty unique capabilities in the market that um, none of our competitors have, uh, particularly on the kind of technology side, and and that really differentiates us uh, in the marketplace. And then, uh, you know, we've got uh, strong cash flow and high kind of free cash flow conversion rates uh, on our business. Uh, From a capitalization perspective, um, you know, sitting about a $65 million market cap right now, uh, we do have a little bit of uh, bank uh, debt. Uh, we've got about, uh, I guess, about five or six million in kind of options and warrants. Um, some of those are kind of in the money. Some are still a little bit out of the money. But uh, at $1.30, actually, most most of those are in the money now. Um, strong inside ownership, uh, directors and officers and, and insiders are slightly more than uh, 50% of the company. So we're, we're, we're definitely aligned with uh, shareholders to uh, you know, create value here uh, for the business. And with that, I'd uh, like to uh, thank everyone for their uh, uh, attention and, and pass back to Paul and Trevor. Perfect, uh, thanks so much,
0: James and, and Richard as well. Um, <clears throat> so clearly you guys had a, a good sort of call it first half of the year. Uh, Revenues were up. uh, A lot of metrics going in the right direction. What What is the reason for that? What happened this, you know, sort of the last six months to see the kind of revenue growth you guys are seeing?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that, James. Um, A few things. One is if you look at how we exited uh, 2021, we exited, um, you know, fairly strong if you will like we moved from a a negative up into a positive on the exit on the year so we we kind of exited with good momentum that carried us into the start of this year and a lot of that was um kind of refocusing the team on 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 how to deliver you know accelerated growth in the business and two things there one is expansion revenue within existing clients and then the whole new business development like i mentioned earlier you know, really kind of focusing and targeting and working with that commercial team, um, you know, post me joining the company. And that's obviously starting to, you know, deliver results and started delivering results specifically in the fourth quarter last year. So we had good momentum coming out of 21 and entering into, 2020, into 2022. Second is, um, you know, the, the economy is, is, you know, other than some of the setbacks in the last, in the last couple of months, mm-hmm. obviously the economy's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, post-COVID, a lot more consumers moving through <laughs> the markets, uh, you know, kind of return, uh, retail returning to normal, hospitality, hospitality, hospitality returning to normal, you know, branches being open. So that obviously helps uh, consumer uh, consumer movements, what obviously helps you know our business that is you know kind of supporting those consumer movements and then a third would be uh some pricing benefit you know we've had significant uh raw material headwinds and mm-hmm. we've had to aggressively price against those headwinds so if you look at our growth in use uh you know use quarter two as an example we, we grew 23.4 percent in quarter two um best way to look at that would be kind of a third of that would come from pricing a third of that would come from um, a mix and expansion revenue within clients, and a third of that would come from kind of volume growth outside of existing clients. So hopefully okay. that answers your question. But uh, yep. and that's why we're quite confident about continued growth over time. We've got you know some some good kind of client momentum and 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 growth momentum in the business right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, perfect. Um, okay, so you mentioned uh, well, you mentioned the pipeline. You know, the twenty-two million in new business. You just mentioned about a third it looks like a third of the revenue growth is coming from call it new clients or new business. Is there any one area that it seems to be lower hanging fruit that, you know, that a sector or uh, an industry that's doing better than others for you guys? No,
1: James, I think we're, uh, I think if we look across that, that new business we brought in or even, you know, how we're expanding revenues with existing clients, we're, we're doing it uh, across multiple verticals. We've got great momentum in retail, good momentum in manufacturing and energy. Uh, we picked up uh, some business in automotive recently. Our FI business continues to expand. We've actually picked up some new clients and not-for-profit. So it's kind of across all of our verticals. Uh, I don't think it's a single vertical, correct me or wrong, James, where we're not seeing some positive momentum.
2: No, I think that's right. We're, we're, we're definitely seeing growth across uh, across our whole business. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: okay, fantastic. Um, so you mentioned you know the, the, the nice solid cash flow, um, debt repayment. Um, do you envision, I mean at what point do you say, okay we've, we've paid down enough debt, uh, we can allocate cash somewhere else. or is, is this a multi-year uh, process, do you think?
1: James, you're going to go ahead and answer that question.
2: Yeah, I, you know, certainly our kind of near-term focus is, is continuing to pay down debt, um, and we saw kind of the aggressive schedule we have kind of this year and next, so, so that's our, our short-term priority. Definitely longer term, there's an opportunity to, um, you know, look at other opportunities to, to use our capital, um, you know, where there might be, you know, a share buyback or a dividend at some point down the road. Um, and, you know, we're also kind of strategically looking for acquisitions that might be a good kind of tuck-in um, either in our, you know, to support our conventional print business. Um, and those would have to be very strategic for us, or even some interesting little smaller technology companies that we've seen that, um, you know, both public and private, that that could be uh, helpful in terms of accelerating our kind of workflow management uh, uh, technology platforms.
0: You guys did touch on the fact that, um, you know, um, sort of raw material prices are going up and, you um, Uh, You know, every day we're hearing about inflationary pressures. Um, I mean, you guys are facing those challenges. Uh, You want to talk a little bit more about that and any other challenges you guys are facing in this
2: environment right now? Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Richard.
1: Maybe I'll just take on the first bit, then I'll I'll turn it over to you, James. You know, know, as I mentioned, the biggest challenge we face on our kind of core conventional business is just the access to raw materials. Uh, We've been pretty successful being able to price the the inflation through. uh, But you know, uh, historically, you know, we get paper in the morning and put it on the press in the afternoon. Now we're having to buy it kind of three months in advance and bring it in from a multiple number of markets. We expect that that's going to correct, that supply chain is going to correct correct itself sometime kind of late 2023, but we're going to still have that dynamic in our business for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and that, you know, by far that's kind of the biggest challenge and but you can see that you know we obviously um have got fantastic you know procurement purchasing team and and we've managed to get you know materials and the supply that we need to be able to keep pace with the growth and you saw that certainly in our growth in quarter one and quarter two and we're expecting that to continue so but that would be the biggest challenge and James back to you for any others.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I think the, um, you know, the, the kind of the, the fallout of that and, and maybe the opportunity is that, um, you know, our uh, we're, we're fortunate that we're probably the largest player in our broad market, in the Canadian market. And so that, mm-hmm. that's given us some, you know, um, better access to raw materials than some of our smaller competitors might have. And so mm-hmm. there's certainly an opportunity for us to kind of win market share in, in this environment. Um, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, in terms of inflationary challenges, we haven't yet really seen our customers starting to pull back. So certainly that's, that, that's a risk if, um, you know, the kind of broad inflationary world does start to kind of impact mm-hmm. the, the Canadian market, but we're, we're, we're still seeing some pretty good strength uh, from, our, from our client base.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that was gonna be my next sort of follow-up question is just that, I mean, there's a lot of talk of potential recession, you know, higher interest rates, things like that. What, what, what do you sort of watch that, that may keep you up at night uh, in regards to sort of a slowdown in the economy? What, what,
2: what's the canary in the coal mine for you guys? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the, the big one would be to the extent that um, clients kind of pull back marketing budgets and, and marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's kind of a reaction to you know, tighter markets You know, we 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 certainly saw some some dramatic pullbacks with COVID, but um, can't see an inflationary or recessionary type environment having anywhere near the uh, the impact that 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 COVID did um, on the world. And so, you know, we actually think we probably emerged from COVID, um, you know, more stronger than than we went in. So, so we you know we 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 think we're we're pretty well you know uh, prepared for for that type of uh, an environment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd also add. Let me let me add a little color to that as well, James. Um, There's also equally opportunities that we see as well, and I'll give you a great example. Right, we're pretty strong in the FI space, and um, specifically around kind of private wealth, and you know, assets under management are declining. Obviously, you know, just given you know, given the conditions of the markets. So, um, you know, some of the some of the firms that we don't work with and, you know, quite frankly, even some of the ones that we do are having to having to reduce or find better ways to deploy the resources because they got less, you know, their, their income is, is being compromised. Right. So the budgets are being declined. So so they're actually looking to move more into more of an outsourced model versus an insourced model. Many of them have people that do a lot of the work and we just manage the execution of it. So there's lots of opportunities for us you know, uh, to save companies money by actually outsourcing that workflow to us. So, you know, forever. So I just want to give a little color to, yeah, there may appear to be some headwinds, but equally there's some opportunities in those headwinds as well, especially in the FI space.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I agreed. Um, The, uh, you know, you guys, are, roughly a, a $50 million market cap, um, you know, you, you guys are, you know, a micro cap certainly in, in the Canadian space. You know, what, and, and your your numbers seem to be, you know, position you as, as a pretty cheap, you know, stock right now. W- what do you think the market or investors in general are getting wrong about the business that you'd like to sort of, you know, clear up or correct?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give him my answer and then I'll let James give you a hint. But look, you know, um, DCM's a brand. And the thing about a brand is, you um, you've got to get noticed and you got to get remembered. And I think a lot of the memories that some of our investors, you know, may have are historical memories. They kind of old DCM, not the new DCM. And um, and now we've got to get noticed and remembered as the new DCM. And I think we'll see, you know, the market kind of respond to the new DCM and maybe they haven't fully responded because they still have that memory of the old DCM. So that'd be my, my, uh, my input. And then James, you know, we can add some color to that.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, you know, certainly over the past several years, um kind of value stocks have, have not been in vogue. Mm-hmm. Uh we seem to be seeing maybe a bit of a uh resurgence in, in value stocks. So uh hopefully, hopefully that um that you know causes us to get uh uh noticed and remembered as, as Richard says. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think it's also um, you know, we put up um you know two or three good quarters of growth and and you know last year and a half we've been paying down debt i think you know we just got to keep keep on the path we're on and um keep doing what we're doing and um i, I think ultimately we will get uh, we will get noticed so
0: yeah i agreed i agreed um so looking forward then um what as investors sort of watching you guys what, what sort of catalysts or milestones or or any sort of events, do you think that we should be paying close attention to?
2: Yeah, so um, our, our third quarter results will be out uh, November 8th after market. Um, so, you know, that would be probably the next kind of near-term kind of formal catalyst. And then our, our year-end results will be published in uh, towards the end of uh, March. Um you know, I, I think we, we typically don't have a lot of news in terms of uh, big customer announcements, but, um, you know, as our as our technology um, kind of wins, as, as those start to accelerate, you might see some things there. I, I think what people might not have noticed in our uh, second quarter results is, is growth in our subscription revenues and services. And um, that grew almost 100% compared to the prior years. So I think that'll be kind of a good indicator as to um, how that kind of transition from kind of print first to digital first uh is, is 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 going and and as well you know we we have certainly had some pressures on um margins but you know we've been able to kind of sustain kind of in that 30 percent gross margin and as we kind of get through this some of these supply chain challenges we we, we see opportunities to continue to grow that gross margin and so I think that'll be something to kind of, you know, kind of watch out for from a, from an investment perspective. Richard, anything you want to add?
1: No, I would just add that, um, you know, just kind of kind of echo what James said, like watch out for, you know, continued performance on our base business. Our base business is healthy, right? Super healthy. Mm-hmm. And you can see that growth and you can see, you know, you can see uh, how we're, uh, how we're investing, you know, to accelerate our growth. Um, and, you know, as, as James said, you know, as I said, right, a ton of opportunities for expansion revenue mm-hmm. within existing clients and then and then build a new business. Um, and then, yeah, uh, look, there, we have got an incredible funnel of opportunities on the digital side of our business. We didn't talk much about that today because we kind of wanted to focus on the core. I uh, hired a guy named Steve Livingston, who's 25 years experience selling software, and he's uh, onboarded uh, over the last three or four months and done a great job for us to you know start bringing more value to our existing clients so you know watch that and you'll see a lot more of that over time we put a big number or a good growth number rather on the board on quarter two so you'll see a lot more of that coming in um and then just you know consistency of uh consistency of performance right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those would be the catalysts as far as i as far as i see it Right. Perfect. Perfect. No, and then just, the mar- yeah. you know, maybe maybe just one point maybe just mm. one point on the margins on the margin side as well, yeah. right? Even with the raw material headwinds, you can see that we've been very successful, kind of you know holding our margin. Not all of our competitors have. If you looked at some other public competitors, mm. so we've been you know we've got some pricing power. We've managed to get you know our clients you know love us and we managed to get that pricing through. Um, you know, we'd be in that range. We said thirty-five to forty is our range. We'd be well into that range if we hadn't had, you know, these 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 raw material inflation challenges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually that's gonna turn into a tailwind as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean it good, good solid, solid performance from the business. It looks like you guys are dialing it in quite nicely. Um, and you know, great, great first half so far. Um, is there, is there any other key message or any, anything you want to make sure that everybody leaves with today or maybe something we missed or just a, a key point that you want to make sure everybody really, uh, understands or did we cover everything?
1: <laughs> I think you guys did a pretty good job covering everything, right? And, uh, James, you have any key message to leave, leave the, uh,
0: listeners no. with?
2: no I, I i think um you know we're going to keep doing what we've been doing for the last couple of quarters and um you know we look forward to kind of reporting back in in november with our with our third quarter results fantastic yeah, well, I, yeah go ahead richard
1: yeah i mean i just leave, i just leave the listeners with with this well this is a you know this market is a big market you know just the print market alone is north of a nine nine and a half billion dollar market the um, marketing technology solution market is $135 billion market in North America. Mm-hmm. The marketing communication space is a multi-billion dollar market in Canada. So there's a lot of opportunities here and, you know, um, we're going to keep leaning into those opportunities. fantastic.
0: So. Awesome. Well, well, good, good, uh, good timing here to catch you when we could. Um, and thanks for joining us, Richard, from your car, <laughs> James from the office. Um, so we've been speaking with the uh, CEO, Richard Kellum, CFO James Lormer uh, from data communications, again, the symbol is DCM on the TSX. Um, guys, thanks for joining us today. And we certainly look forward to catching up with you, hopefully uh, after after your Q3 report.